0: Welcome to episode number 20 of the Talking Blues Podcast. I'm Josh, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Alex and Peter. We are here. We're going to preview the game against Sevilla. Once again, Chelsea have already clinched to the knockout stage, uh, you know, in the UEFA Champions League. But still got two match days left. I think it's going to be five of six on Wednesday. And then one more next week. But uh, one thing we have to get to first, and, you know, big thing we have to get to is Chelsea ended in a draw. So technically, Alex and I were both right, but also both wrong. Um, I had Chelsea at the scoreline, I think it was 2-2, uh, final Alex had 1-1. So both right with the draw part of it, and both wrong with the scoreline. So it did end in a 0-0 draw, and we kind of, I think we previewed it very well, Alex, last episode. We said that Chelsea, very attacking-minded team, that they were going to basically be attacking, control the bulk of possession, and then you have Tottenham on the other hand, who's very kind of, they're a very uh, defensive-minded team, and then they like to um, come on the counterattack and be able to score through there with their two best players, really, Son and Harry Kane, uh, and they were able to do that, you know, I think they did they did very well with what they were, wanted to do, um, you had Tottenham who played very defensively, I mean, you could you can see in the possession stats with uh, 60-40 possession of Chelsea, Chelsea had more shots on goal, 13-5, Um, They also committed more fouls. There were a good amount of yellow cards in this game, too. So we'll we'll get to all of that. But first, I want to get an initial reaction from you, too. I'll start out with Peter. What did you think of this game?
1: I mean, it's pretty much what almost everyone expected it to be. Everyone expected Spurs to do what they did against Man City, which is say, "Okay, you can have the ball the entire game. As long as the ball isn't near our box. As soon as the ball gets in the box, we clear it away, but you can keep it out, passing it around, trying to get opportunities. That's what they did. They tried to just sit back, sit back, sit back, win the ball, then use Sun's pace and Harry Kane's ability to make, uh, to finish and to to drift out wide, drift into the center and try to set up other people. And I mean, I think everyone expected it to be, and I feel like most people, I wouldn't say they expected it to be like, 0-0, because I feel like a lot of people, both teams are so informed and scoring so many goals, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a much more exciting game, but I think basically that's Mourinho's style of play, especially against the big teams, is just stay defensive, try to at least get a point, and then steal the win by getting a counter goal. And then moving on, Mendy, Mendy played well again, got another clean sheet. I believe we now have the most clean sheets in the league. Uh, he has the most as a goalie. He didn't really have to do much. Spurs didn't have that many attacking opportunities. Besides, uh, I think it was pretty early on in the game. Serge Aurier had a pretty good shot. That was a, he made a good save there. Uh the defense, everyone on that played defense did really well. Uh Reese James checked back well, Chilwell checked back well. Uh Zumo and Tiago, they did well again. And Reese James, especially going forward, he's turned into super, super dangerous. All of his crosses were really good. And I think Tammy definitely, definitely should have scored some of those. Uh, In the midfield, I think our midfield played really well. Conte, obviously now he's playing back in the holding midfield. He's played there a while. He's playing really, really well. He's winning almost everything, spreading it. He's passing the ball well, he's winning the ball, doing everything that you'd want from him to do. He's arguably the best CDM right now in the world. Uh, Kovacic, I believe he got voted man of the match by the fans. He played really well. He doesn't do anything too flashy, but he always, he's kind of, uh, I'd say he's like a glue in the midfield. He holds it together well. Mount uh, played really well again. He... He definitely had our best chance uh obviously he had a great chance uh forced Laris into a really really good save. it was going perfectly bottom corner and then attacking wise zh kind of didn't really get into the game at all i think he feel i feel like he was kind of like kind of he had some okay balls but for the most part he didn't really didn't really like get into the game and do like create all the chances he normally does but i mean you can't expect him to play as well as he has been playing so Nothing. No. No draw. Like I can't take anything away from him. There, Tammy uh, up top should have and could have done better. Uh, he had a bunch of crosses hit into him, and they were in really good spots, really good crosses. And he barely even made contact with any of them. And I think maybe Frank. That's something I can take a John Frank. I think he probably should have, in my opinion, he should have brought on uh, Giroud earlier than he did. Because I think he'd be, he would have been better uh, attacking those balls in the air, and then, lastly, Timo. Obviously, he did. He scored before it was ruled off sides. It was a great finish. But besides that, he didn't really have that much of an influence on the game. So I mean, overall, I think our defense played really well. Our midfield played really well. Our attack could have been could have been much better, and. I think Giroud should have come on earlier and Christian Pulisic should have come on earlier, obviously him back from injury. And now I've talked for so long. What are your guys' thoughts?
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Peter. I mean, the game, I think what I got out of what you were mentioning there with Hakeem Ziyech, you know, Tottenham were playing so defensive and they were, you know, we needed someone to kind of whip some balls in there. And I thought he did that reasonably well. But, you know, he didn't exactly give um, the best, uh, you know, service yesterday um, when we're recording this. So I think he, you know, he struggled a little bit. Um, But, you know, he's new to the Premier League. You know, you have to give him time. He's been doing excellent so far. And I think also, obviously, he's not the quickest player uh, or the quickest player to play on the wing. And I think to break down that Tottenham defense, we needed a little bit more pace and a little bit more uh, quickness, especially moving the ball. And I felt like um, with Tommy Abraham up top, like you mentioned, he squandered a whole bunch of chances. That was really difficult um, because he doesn't exactly bring the explosiveness of someone like Atimo Werner um, who can kind of play around the ball. Um, and, And Christian Pulisic obviously coming on and, you know, making not really any impact, obviously just coming back from injury. Um, you know, so that was good to see him back in the lineup, but for that, I also thought that, um, Frank tactically brought him on and Kai Havertz on a little bit too late. We are talking, what, 72nd minute, 73rd minute, something like that, um, when the first sub was made, and you could see Jose Mourinho made his first sub around the 60th minute. I thought that if we had a little bit more of that energy, I think Kai Havertz would have excelled in that game, um... And, and, you know, that, that could have been a big impact and maybe something Frank has to consider more in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, you want to go to the stats now because, you know, that's my thing on this podcast here. And that's that's what I'll do right now. We, we I talked about the yellow cards earlier. We mentioned that. I mean, this isn't really stats, but whatever. I'm going into it anyway. Kurt Zuma picked up a yellow card in this one. Reese James picked up a yellow card in this one. Mason Mount picked up a yellow card in this one. And then also Hakeem Ziyech uh, picked up one too. I think he was, er, yeah, he was the earliest yellow card. And then I think on the opposite end, they had some players too. Um, Alex or Peter, you guys have that. I think they had a few players. I can't find it right now, so I'll, I'll just continue and <laughs> we'll go from there. So again, sixty to forty possession wise, uh, shots on goal were thirteen to five. Only three on target, though, it was only three to one. Chelsea won that as well. Um, and then, uh, once again, fouls, there were a lot in this game. It was 29 fouls, uh, no red cards, obviously. Three offsides for Chelsea, one of them, a big one on that uh, nice team awareness goal, but that was ruled off. And then three to three in corners and three to one in saves for Tottenham.
1: Uh, the yellow cards on Spurs were Sergio Regulon and Steven Bergwin. I think I don't remember what Bergwin was, but I'm pretty sure Regulon was. Uh, Kovacic had a really good run. He basically went from box to box and got fouled before they had an attacking chance. And I mean, uh, kind of just moving on to something more for the Spurs game. I forgot to. I forgot to. I kind of want to just bring this up. But do you think that uh, Olivier Giroud? is a better option in these kind of games where you know the team's going to go defensive and they'd want to keep you away from the middle and maybe have someone like uh, him in there who can head the ball in? Do you think maybe Frank should have put Timo Werner inside to have that pace? Or do you think Tammy Abraham just had a bad game and he can do better? Because, I mean, like, I feel like Giroud, in my opinion, might be the best option for these games just because like Spurs, they just, they said, keep the ball out wide away from just anywhere besides the center of the field. And we had some balls. In them, and then I think overall, Giroux probably might've finished a few of those.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Giroux definitely would have finished at least one or two of them. But I think Tommy Abraham brings something a little bit different than Giroud. I think Giroux, um, they're similar players in a way, but I do think Abraham has more pace. Um, and I think he's a little bit more, a dynamic on the ball I think Giroud is better at hold up play um, but that's more something against a team like Manchester City or someone like that who tries to keep the bulk of possession and we kind of would be on the counter-attack in that kind of game and I think Giroud is better in that counter-attacking style even though he's not the quickest him holding up the ball and playing through Timo Werner, Kim Zia, Kavertz, anybody Pulisic I think that's where he fits the best but I think you know, Tammy Abraham, It's it's it was disappointing yesterday. I, I was disappointed in his performance. It seemed like he didn't seem to know where the ball was a lot of the time. And that's just never a good sign. And I think Giroux does a really good job of always knowing where the ball is. Um, while that sounds simple, it's something that's actually um, very important. And I think he just has a good sense. He's obviously much older, much more experienced. And he, you know, he's, I think, better for these big games um, and you know, Tammy might just not have the experience yet, and the uh, kind of uh, ability to shine in these big games quite yet.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we also have to talk about the perfect balls in by Reese James. I think it was two occurrences with that uh, to Tammy Abraham. Both of them, like Alex, uh, or like you said, Alex, that uh, Tammy Abraham just just missed, and I think they were perfect balls. Uh, he couldn't see them well. He couldn't hit them well. One of them was like kind of behind him but I think he definitely could have gotten one in so I just like to give a little shout out to uh to Reese James a little bit of credit to him
1: uh also now that we've been talking about Giroux I did want to say that uh I feel like he really 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 should have done better we had that chance I think it was like 92nd 93rd minute he really really should have done better there he the I think I don't remember which Spurs defender it was one of the Spurs defenders just completely uh, uh tried to head it back to Larice. completely messed it up and Giroud was through on going. and he just hit it he didn't even have power I mean he just hit it like softly at Lauriis and I mean that was kind of annoying to see because I feel like I don't know I feel like we 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 really should have finished that cuz we ha- we should have won this game in my opinion Spurs barely had any chances and we had a few and I think I think just that was the one chance we had. That was the one chance we had to steal the points. And I think Giroud definitely should have done better there.
2: I think on that, the ball was definitely difficult. It was coming, you know, at a tough angle for him. Yes, he should have done better, um, a player with his experience. And I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you totally. But then again, he missed one chance. Tammy Abraham missed like, what, three, four chances. Um, so I think you you got to give him a little bit of break. And Tammy Abraham's been playing. All these games, Giroud has not been playing a lot, um, and I think that's just you know going to give him a little bit of rust. So I think there's kind of an excuse there for him, but not really for Tammy.
0: And then one more thing before we go on to Sevilla, you also you also got to talk about the right after there was a chance for Tottenham. It was a mistake by Kurtzuma, which we don't see very often. Um, the one mistake I can think of from our center backs in recent memory was with Thiago Silva, um, where where he tried to complete a pass a few games ago. And that didn't, that didn't happen, didn't work out, and it led to a goal. And that kind of gave me um, some vibes from that with that uh, Kurt Zuma. I think it was a pass from Edouard Mendy to Zuma, and then he was trying to go to another center back or left back on top. I, I, I don't really know where he was aiming that, but that almost uh, you know ended up in a goal too. So Olivier Giroud should have scored on that opportunity, but they also could have definitely scored on Mendy uh, with that last chance. For Tottenham, so let's go on to our UEFA Champions League game once again. Match day five of six in Group E, the group stage game. Chelsea, once again, once again, um, <laughs> they're already you know onto the knockout stage. So this game doesn't really mean anything. But if you want to talk about who's going to win uh, in this table, this will probably be the game that it comes down to: Sevilla versus Chelsea, unless it's a draw, obviously, a final but it's going to be Wednesday at 3 p.m. EST, and then if you're in the UK, that'll be at 8 p.m. for you. So once again, uh, going into this game in Group E, Chelsea and Sevilla are both tied in points, 10-10, but the goal differential is 8-3 Chelsea. So you might think that if both teams end up um, with the same amount of points, it'll come down to the goal differential or that's what will happen. And Chelsea will most likely win that. I don't think that goal differential from eight to three will go down unless the team has a really good game. Again, Chelsea or Sevilla has a really good game against another team. So um, I think we're ready to move on to that game. We'll go to our lineup predictions and we'll start out with the formation. I think Chelsea will go with um, a four-two-three-one that they normally do in the easy way for Champions League games.
1: I agree four two three one four three three, basically basically the same thing almost the same thing one of those two
2: yeah I agree I mean it's kind of getting into specifics there but it's not really a big difference um when you're out there on the pitch um so i I that's all I'm gonna say I'll say four three three just because that's kind of the shape I want to put it in um but I'll start in goal and it's gonna be Edward Mendy. Um, You know what, from now on, maybe we'll just skip the goalkeeper section because I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I say it every time. I'll say it again. Mendy will be there unless he gets injured for a long time, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I've had one Mendy in net as well. It's pretty obvious. I think we'll go on now to the... I'll start off with the... I'll I'll start off with the center back. I'll change it up a little bit. So at center back, I'm going to have... Uh, my two center backs are going to be the pairing of Kurt Zuma and Thiago Silva once again. I don't think we give Silva a rest in this game. Um, that No, I don't think that's coming up anytime soon, but I have those two.
1: Uh, I believe we were going to have Zuma and Thiago Silva there. I think that's basically almost every single game except for games after international break where Thiago Silva has to come back from Brazil or if it's away wherever it's where he's playing. Uh, but besides those, I think Zuma and Silva are going to start pretty much every game this season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a complicated one, but definitely this game, while we have already clinched, um, you know, our path to the knockout stages, we do want to finish in first place. So I agree with you. I think Zuma and Tiago Silva, our best pairing will be out there again. Um, And, you know, maybe there's a break for Tiago Silva in the weekend against Leeds, but I doubt that also. I think he's going to be um, playing every game uh, for the near future, at least. And like moving on to the fullbacks, I got Ben Chilwell at left back. He took a little bit of a knock on his ankle at the Spurs game, but I think he will be okay. Maybe if there's some lingering effect from that, you may see Emerson in there. I hope not because Emerson's not very good at all. And at right back, I think we'll see Cesar Um just because I think he brings a little bit more experience and Rhys James obviously playing the full 90 uh, against Spurs, but I think they're going to go Cesar Azpilicueta at right back.
0: All right, so I'm going to have Cesar Ah, Nope, nope, not going to have Cesar That's what I meant to say. I'm not going to have him um, starting at right back and then at left back. I'm going to have Chilwell. I don't know why we would change up uh, once we, you know, what we already have. That's pretty good. I think Peter's mentioned this on episodes before, and it might have stirred some conflict. So I was actually, you know, I was going to say that I'm not going to have Azubu Lecleto starting and that is what I'm going to say. Reese James and uh, Ben Chilwell Reese James at right back, Ben Chilwell at left back.
1: Yeah, Reese James, Ben Chilwell, both of them played really well against Tottenham. They had some, both of them had dangerous balls and Chilwell especially looks much more dangerous in the attack than I thought he would be when we bought him. Uh, And so I guess I'll go on to my midfield three. I think we're going to have kind uh, Conte in there as the holding midfielder. He's played amazing. I think he'll continue to play amazing. And I think then as sort of a box-to-box slash holding midfielder, I'm not sure which role he'd really play. But I think we'll have Mateo Kovacic there. He played really well. Got many of the match, obviously, in, in the opinion of the fans. And I think uh, he'll stay in the lineup for this game. And then at Cam, I believe Kai Havertz will get his first start back. Uh, I think Mount will get a break, and I don't think it's really much of a break. As much of it is uh, wanting to give Kai Havertz some playing time and see how he's feeling, obviously, coming back from having COVID.
0: All right, so I'll go on to my two holding midfielders, um, and then I, I, I guess I'll wait on my, my attacking three. So my two holding midfielders are going to be N'Golo Kante and Mateo Kovacic. I think it's fine not having Jorginho start, and Kovacic is playing pretty well right now, so I think we should keep him in the starting lineup.
2: Yeah, I think I have the same three as Peter. Um, Yeah, I think Kai Havertz will get the start, definitely. Um, I'm confused about Kovacic. Um, Will Jorginho be in there? Um, And I think this thing we've seen with Frank Lampard is that if Hakim Ziyech is in there, obviously they're both extremely good passers of the ball. I think there's not really a need for Jorginho. Um, Obviously they play different positions, but I think it's, uh, you know... I, I think they bring similar value and Ziyech brings even more. Um, so I don't think Jorginho is going to be in there then. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go Kovacic, Conte, and Kai Havertz. And for my front three, I think Timo Werner gets another start because he needs to get back on form. Um, you know, he played well. You know, he got a goal disallowed, which was really unfortunate for him and unfortunate for Chelsea. Um, and I think he starts on the left-hand side. Uh, I mean, up top, sorry. Um, and I believe Tommy Abraham is not going to be starting this game. And on the left, I'm going to have Christian Pulisic, who I believe will be starting, um, this game. And I think he will start on the left-hand side. And on the right-hand side, I think it's going to be Hakeem Ziek. And I think that's going to be probably our strongest 11 going forward. Um, maybe Mason Mount in there instead of Mateo Kovacic. Or someone like that. And Reese James, obviously, I believe, will be in that starter role at right back. But I think he won't be there um, on Wednesday.
1: Uh, For me, I have, I think, I'll I'll leave my bit of a a weird one for last. But I think on the left, Christian Pulisic will get his first start. I'm not sure if he'll play the whole game. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe Callum Hudson-Odoa comes in for him at some point during the game. But I think he'll get his first start and will kind of be like a fitness test, see how he's feeling, see how long he can play. Obviously, you don't want him to go too long and risk re-injuring something. Then on the right, Hakim Ziyech. Uh, I think he'll start there. I think he'll try to get back on form, try to get back to what he was doing before the Tottenham game. And then up top, I think... Although, I, like you said, Alex, I would like to see Werner get another start. start uh, to, to see, to try to get him back on form. I think what's more beneficial for him is getting a break, getting a rest. I don't think he's, he's had to play almost like, I think he's played on basically almost every game since he's been able to play for us. And so I think instead, I think after Tammy's bad game, I think we're going to have uh, Olivier Giroud up.
2: So one quick thing I know you mentioned with the substitutions, Peter, um, in the Champions League, they still have those five substitutions. So that makes it much more viable if you wanted to take Christian Pulisic off early. Um, so I think it's definitely worth giving him the start. Um, Josh, you can go and give your uh, front three or four.
0: Yes, front throw, uh, front. Four at the striker position, Peter. I, I have I want to mention it first. I have Olivier Giroud starting as well. I think that's a perfect fit right now for Chelsea. I think it'll, it'll work out. So that's who I have there at the left wing, left attacking, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it left wing. I have Christian Polistic making his return as well. Uh, attacking midfielder, I'm going to have Kai Havertz starting there. I think he'll make his return as well after um, diagnosed with after being diagnosed with COVID 19. Coming back, he's all good and ready and fit. I hope. And I'm ready to see him get a start. And then at the right wing position, I have Hakeem Ziyech uh, or Ziyech, whatever you want to say. Starting there, let's go on to the score prediction. I'll start it out. I think it's going to be a 1-0 win for Chelsea. I think it's another low scoring one. And that's how it ends.
1: I agree with you, Josh. I think we agreed last Champions League game with the score. And I think it's going to be a 1-0 win for Chelsea as well.
2: Yeah, Sevilla are a really good team, and I'm kind of confused on what to say here. I know this is kind of a weird prediction to do after the no-no draw at Tottenham, but I think this will be another nil-nil draw. I think Sevilla are really solid defensively. I think they bring a decent amount going forward, um, but I don't think Chelsea will be able to break them down. They're a solid unit, again, like Spurs. Um, they don't sit back as much, and they're better going forward. Um, Not better than Spurs, obviously, but I think they're a solid team, and I think it'll be a nil-nil draw. Um, And I think that should pretty much secure our place as the top seed, uh, assuming that we defeat Krasnodar um, next week.
0: All right, so I think that'll do it for our score predictions. That'll do it for our preview Um, for Sevilla. We'll go to the outro. All right. So that was our episode for today. Um, Just a quick outro here. Go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod while you're on Twitter or, you know, while you're on Twitter, also go, you know, scroll through the tweets. And Alex is posting game tweets. So if you are in if you aren't able to watch any of the game, you can go check it out on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod and home. Give you the rundown of everything, and will basically keep you updated throughout the game. Also, when you're on Twitter, go follow the Giant Take Pod. That's a New York Giants podcast there in the NFL, and that's a podcast that I do with Alex um, and Peter's been on there before uh, in the, like one one of the first few episodes. Um, also, go follow the Giant Take on Instagram and Facebook. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe. Go down to the rating and review section on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're able to give us a rating and review. Go do that. Um, What else? I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, share with at least one friend. Share with friends and family and share uh, on your social medias. Be sure to tag us at the – or at Talking Blues Pod on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod if you're going to share the Giant Take Podcast or other podcasts. And, um, yeah, so keep looking out for episodes. Once again, we're trying to go for two a week. Um, and hopefully we'll keep that going, one in the early part of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then one in the later part of the week, recapping the Champions League game Thursday, Friday, and then previewing the Premier League game on the weekend. We look forward to, you know, speaking with everyone at the end of the week, and that'll do it for episode number 20 of the Talking Blues Podcast. See you next time.